Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? and get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Better Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We have a lot to get to today, but we got a very exciting guest. It is Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. So listen to this very quick interview. It's just a few minutes that we just did with him about tonight's State of the Union and what to expect and what we can get excited about. He's here to hype us up for the State of the Union tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we're really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a chance for uh, the, the president to talk directly to the American people about all the work we've done, everything that's ahead. Obviously, uh, coming at a very, very intense moment for the presidency, for the world, for the country. Uh, but that makes it all the more uh, a good evening for the president to be talking to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, there is a lot going on in the country and in the world, but we do really want to give President Biden our time and attention tonight as he sets out his agenda and looks back at triumphs from the last year in office. One of those triumphs is, of course, the bipartisan infrastructure plan, and your department is obviously key in executing that. We've been watching you on social media travel to so many locations. So what should we expect to hear from the president on that front this evening? Well, I I think you'll hear him make clear why this is a priority and what we're planning to do with these resources, right, in many ways getting that bill to the president's desk and and his signing it, that's the beginning. Now we actually have to go and deliver that $1.2 trillion in infrastructure spending, uh, more than half of which is, uh, or roughly half of which is is in the transportation sector. And I can tell you we're already at work. We've got uh, $50 billion or so made available for federal highway and and related uh, funding. We've got more uh, coming uh, announcements very soon on everything from what are called America's marine highways, which you don't hear about as much, but that's our river system for moving barge traffic, to uh, resilience funding that's going to help with uh, climate impacts on pieces of our infrastructure that are getting hit over and over again with floods or or mudslides or, or wildfires or other uh, climate-related issues. So lots to unpack, lots to talk about. Um, I'm sure uh, you know the, the transportation section will feel to me like it goes by in the blink of an eye because there will be mm-hmm. so many things for the president to speak about. But it is a major accomplishment, not just for the administration, but for the country. Yeah. So how have those investments and how will they actually affect American lives? Well, the great thing about this legislation is it's going to make all of us better off in different ways. I mean, if you drive, <laughs> then you know what it's like to be on a road that's in bad shape or, or even see a bridge that, that's closed that, that you have to divert around. But if you don't drive, uh, you're still going to be better off because of the things that this bill does to enhance public transit, um, to the things that it will do to help goods get more efficiently to where they are. Literally anyone who buys anything in America is going to be better off because we're investing in our supply chains, something that I don't think was the household word uh, a couple of years ago, but now we've been hearing about a lot because these issues of how our ports and our roads and our bridges and our warehouses all connect together is affecting the prices we pay for the goods we count on. And even whether you can get them at all when you go to the store. 
A lot of that's because of COVID, but a lot of that's actually issues that have been building up over a long time. We're going to be dealing with those issues with real dollars, and everybody's going to see the benefit. Yeah, I personally just want to let you know, I love public transportation. I love urban transit. Anytime we can talk about it and talk about the the end of cars, I get so excited. I know it's not the end, but uh, so I really, really appreciate everything you're doing, Pete. Uh, so that's just me interjecting and letting you know I stand your position. A fangirl for she public transit. our resident. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And bef it. before we let you go, today is also the first day of Women's History yeah. Month. I believe this is your first Women's History Month as a as a dad of a daughter. I hope she is using that leverage over her dad's and brother this month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she has us completely wrapped around her little finger. So uh, yeah, no no question of that. And you know, transportation yeah. is, is filled with, uh, of course, the history of transportation is filled with the the contributions and, and accomplishments of uh, of women. So we're gonna. I have a lot of programming to talk about that. We actually had a great month of programming on Black History Month uh, in, across February. I uh, spent some time with, with my uh, predecessors, uh, including uh, Secretary Slater and Secretary Fox, who were part of the Black History of this department. Uh, we're honoring, actually, a lot of folks don't know this, one of the uh, scientists whose research made GPS possible uh, was a uh, Black woman working in a time when there were uh, very few people who looked like her in the field. We're honoring her with a plaque. Uh, here at the department. And now as we go into Women's History Month, I think it's a, a great time not just to talk about history, but the future. I, I spent this morning at the Department of Labor with Secretary Walsh, the Labor Secretary, talking about trucking, to take one example of a field where you know there, there is a, definitely a, a need for more people in that field. And you got 50% of Americans who haven't really been tapped into. Uh, only about 7% are driving trucks. I was with uh, one of them, a, a truck driver, who had an amazing story to tell. She's a mother and a grandmother. Uh, and uh, exactly the kind of person we, we want to support in, in these careers. And I'm really excited about tapping the, the, the intellect and, and, and the capacities of, uh, of, of women in our workforce across the transportation sector that frankly uh, hasn't always opened its arms to the leadership of women in the past. Yeah, it sounds like people are finally starting to realize that some of these jobs, such as trucking, you know, women don't need to adjust their lifestyles to them. They need to adjust them. These these industries need to adjust to women because we know when women are thriving, uh, everybody is. So thank you so much for for taking the time this morning. We're so grateful and we look forward to hearing hearing the speech tonight. Well, thanks. Great talking with you. And we'll uh, speak again. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying, he loves airplanes, he loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. All right, we're back. That was that was a fun surprise for our podcast today. 
So cute. Yeah. I mean, he is he is just a pleasure to talk to. I wish we could have gotten a chance to ask him more things, but you know, we'll get to hear we'll get to hear his input tonight, I'm sure. Do you know I'm a little traumatized by when we did we also did Fauci recently, which our audience doesn't know, but we are prepping, releasing that soon. Um, yes. Like that one ended. And like, I don't this isn't like anything I can't say. That one ended just like a little abruptly. Like I was really mm-hmm. pushing my time and I was pushing to ask him a question. I knew they didn't want to have them answer. So I'm a little like triggered by that. I was like, oh God, I'm just going to let him go when he wants to go. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we could have got another question in Probably. with Bud- Buttigieg. <laughs> but but I I. I, I get sorry. I was there, Amanda, and I get it. So, it, was, it was very abrupt. It, it was very scary. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, we know, are we banned got, from asking questions. But you know what? Then we got Buttigieg. Then we got Buttigieg. Then we got the Buttigieg. White, the, I got to tell you, this White House is incredible to work with. We have such great team members there. And uh, I'll follow up with them after and let them know that when when Secretary Pete has has more time and isn't you know lined up, that we have a lot we want to ask him about. Quite a lot. Yeah, I have a hard hitting question on which bridge he's going to name after his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking you should ask him for a car seat recommendation, you know, given that he's the Secretary of Transportation with the kids. I feel like that could get him into that could be the most that, controversial oh, maybe, thing. He's oh, ever that's said. Like, honestly. Yeah. Oh, that could actually be like Goya land for Ivanka Trump. So yeah. maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> he's endorsing oh God, a brand. Goya. Anyway, uh, we are we got to get into the news, the big news that is going on today, which is obviously the ongoing uh, ongoing conflict war that Russia has started in Ukraine. Yesterday, myself, Elise and our guest host, Ginny, had a really interesting conversation about Zelensky's background and what has made him such a compelling figure in this moment. And uh, if you're feeling a little uneasy about how to process some of this information and the most productive ways to share, give that a listen. We have some advice, but it's just sort of like a candid, honest conversation about like, what's our role as Americans, people on social media, weighing all of the things coming up. But um, yesterday, we also just sort of touched in. This is obviously a really intense time for the world. How are you both doing? What, What are... I'm curious, what are some things that your minds are always returning to as you think about this? Sammy, I bet your mind has not stopped turning for a week. I feel a little bit more optimistic, and I feel badly saying that because I don't mean optimistic about like the fate of Ukrainians. I'm not optimistic about that. I feel optimistic about the ways in which this might affect the geopolitical dynamic going forward. And this is actually a chance to change the direction of of that things were going in which was generally trending towards autocracy more autocracies in mm. various forms globally and i think that this putin's aggressive and probably what will turn out to be a miscalculation and it already has in some ways i think this has already sort of let the cat out of the bag um on a certain on several things that are let's say they're better for the future that we want um (laughs) you know like ukraine and ukraine applying to nato and the fact that sweden and finland are also becoming very pro-nato when they were never part of it that is that was not even on the table a week ago so there's so many things that it's just fascinating to watch happen um, just sort of in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Millie? Yeah, I kind of feel like I agree with Sam. I mean, I think that like to echo things that Sam were saying, like this, we did have this 
a lot of movement towards autocracy and dictatorship and all that stuff. And I mean, this, when I learned and educated myself more about these issues, it's just very clear that this is not something that Russian people want. This is not something that even people in Russian government want. It is purely like maybe some yes men around Putin, but mostly Putin. And it is his own ego thing. And I mean, that is a consequence of autocracy. And that's why democracy is important because it's not what one guy wants is what everyone wants. And it's been really interesting when I, when it's, I'm I'm um, able to process it better, understanding that it's just this one guy, not like this entire nation that wants all these, you know, mm-hmm. and also that they're already seeing the effects. The people of Russia are already seeing the effects, you know, with SWIFT being implemented. I thought that that was going to be something maybe a month or two down the line. Um, and w- oh, thanks to your amazing video, oh, Amanda, that explained what <laughs> SWIFT yeah. was. No, but I thought, no, and like, again, in educating myself, it seemed like a last ditch effort before military escalation. And the fact that um, all everyone united to implement that quickly is showing that they have like zero tolerance for that. So right. I do think that it was a miscalculation from Putin. I am worried about how many people will have to die, but you know, for this miscalculation. And that's the thing that makes me like anxious and whatever. But I think it does make me feel optimistic or, or, you know, whatever, like that. Yeah. Most people don't even want this. And, you know, just as a person, as an American, it's hard to feel, it's hard to feel like black and white about something, you know, because it's like on one end, you see people online, like making every conflict about themselves. (laughs) And then it's like, or you see some people, it's like, how dare you try? You're an American. You're not going to see the effects of this. And then it's like, on the other end, it's like, you're hearing about uh, border border people in Poland, not letting like Mm -hmm. African students in and those issues you're hearing about like what about other countries that have conflict so it's like Mm -hmm. it's just a lot to deal with you know but ultimately I think that in my bubble and what I'm seeing and what I'm digesting is that the majority of people do not want war do not want this conflict and that's that's pretty up that does have me like feeling hopeful for the future right I do think find it a little bit annoying that people say this doesn't affect Americans because those people don't know what they're talking about. This is actually a very important inflection point of basically the post, I would say probably like post-U.S. hegemony in in the world. Like it doesn't mean that the United States, I'm not saying you, the America should stay a superpower. Like I don't really believe Mm -hmm. in that or care. I think the world would benefit from having a lot more strong countries that are able to check each other. Mm. Um, But the one thing that I do think is good is that I can't really game this out in any way where Putin wins. Like, even if he's able to, I mean, by he can cause a lot of destruction, Mm-hmm. But ultimately, he's not going to be able to take over this Eastern Bloc that he ultimately wanted. And now, even his standing in Russia is is not going to be um, is is going to be harmed, especially now that the economy is just completely fucked. And now they're going to be forced into like basically being a self sufficient country, but they have 
a smaller economy than Italy. So, and also no, mm-hmm. like, and they don't even have like nice, nice water, you know, med- and what they, they were able, and what they were, but, you know, able it's not to, Italy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. What they were able to have before, they are not even going to maintain that level with the degree of like economic issues and right. sanctions right now. Right. Like if he had just sort of like left it as is, he could have kept this going for another 15, 20 years mm-hmm. and gone slowly yeah. taking chunk by chunk of Ukraine or Belarus or Moldova or whatever. But he had to move too quickly. I And I will say that there has been conversation amongst people who would people who are in intelligence and who would know that there have been questions about Putin's health and his mental health. Interesting. Really? Okay. Which, Mm. yeah, I've seen that more this week. Okay. Yeah, no, there I mean, nothing is I haven't read anything definitive, but I have read a lot of well-informed you know, pieces of information. Well, that does there that is something not why, right with him? Yeah, historically, he's sort of, and I, you know, I don't know if he deserves this credit, but referred to as like a master 3D chess player. So then it's like, <laughs> why, well, this was seri- like obviously a serious miscalculation. So it's like, have we been given, have people been giving his, his genius too much credit for a long time? Or is he just waiting now? Or is it a mix of both? You know, I read an article in Time that was talking, I, it was Fiona Hill, I'm pretty sure. And- nice. There was one about there was one GBT. article. No, I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm mixing up two different things. There's an article that Fiona Hill spoke to, I believe, Politico about him. And then there is about sort of how erratic he is. And then there was another article that was in Time magazine, which was by which where the source was a former oligarch who he like kicked out and whatever. And that person was describing said he knew Putin like forever you know, from when he was irrelevant, you know, and on the rise as a KGB agent. And that guy basically laid out how Putin handled things. And they say that he doesn't really think strategically. He sort of shoots from the hip. And I Mm -hmm. kind of understand that. Like, he probably calculated, like, this is the optimal moment based on all the factors Mm. in my head to invade Ukraine. And the factors might also have to do with his own personal health like ultimately this is a personal revenge fantasy that is being inflicted Mm. upon the world so Mm. he he basically i think didn't you know he had a a goal but he didn't have a plan let's say Mm -hmm. and so he was just sort of he was like this is the time he reasoned that this was the best time probably Mm -hmm. the fact that trump didn't get elected was part of that calculation hmm Mm-hmm. Real. Uh, 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 so there's like obviously very frightening like footage and social media stuff of like being in Ukraine, but also a thing that's frightening for me or not frightening, but like disturbing, scary is like seeing Russian people like uh, right now they can't get on the train because none of their cards are working and Google Pay and Apple Pay, Google Pay, obviously, Android, <laughs> yeah. but like <laughs> Apple Pay and, and and Spotify and all these things that I'm just like, you know, and someone brought, you know, brought made a point on Twitter and it's just like, yeah, I mean, it is kind of scary to like, un, you know, unchecked tech, but it's also like, yeah, it's scary to think that all these like all of our money is all over the place, like with all these apps and shit. And, you know, a decision can like fuck us all over. Anyway, a decision that somebody detached from us can make 
can screw all these people over. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just something that like really caused alarm for me. Yeah, totally. Totally. That is incredibly. It is an alarming thing about. About world affairs is how yeah. people who are who are literally most affected by things just have no role in the decision. They are truly pawns. And it's really um, mm-hmm. upsetting on an existential They were talking. Level. They were talking to somebody on The Daily, which I'm sure a lot of people listened to this episode this morning, where it was um, a, a person who was talking about how he he didn't want to leave. He or he he didn't want to he, he didn't want to stay and necessarily fight for Ukraine. He wasn't originally Ukrainian. He had his home had been taken by Putin in some way his entire life. He's lived so many places, and he was just like, I can't. This man decides my whole my whole entire life. I have to move around because of him. And now, you know, he he said a compelling point. He was like, and now you're telling me I have to stay here because I have a penis. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, because all the men have to stay. Yeah, because yeah. all the men 18, 18. But yeah, it is very challenging because it's like, you know, you hear Sammy and I have talked about this a little bit where when when suddenly all of these words shift into the mainstream, they fall into binaries that aren't necessarily like there is so much complicated about Swift. Like when I made that video of Swift, I just wanted to describe it. I also, it's kind of crazy to do. And it seems fucked up for Russians to have to live like that, but it's a solution. Mm-hmm. So I'm just explaining. It's like, we, we deserve to give Ukrainians, like it's, I think it's a slap in the face to be like, oh, no fly zone's a terrible idea. You're insane. Like, of course it is probably not the best option right now, but like, I just think mm. it's a, there are so many sort of like armchair people on Twitter who are just like, well, we can't do that because of this. It's like, you have no, you're not well, even why, connected to it. Aren't they saying that you can't do that because then you would have to shoot down a plane and yes, then that yes. would no, no, become... no, for sure, for sure. Right. So I, I mean, I would start I World War Three, think... and it feels like then we're all dead. <clears throat> right. Exactly. Right. I think yeah. that it's unfortunately a matter of right that that doesn't that's unproductive. I guess specifically I the I, things that I'm, I'm talking about are things where it's like weighing Ukrainian suffering and Russian suffering because people in Russia are suffering, mm-hmm. Russian right. parents are suffering. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've also seen a lot of Ukrainians saying we don't even want we don't want to see that. We don't want to see anything other than people setting like the Kremlin on fire. But like you're right, Mm. Millie, these people, some people can't buy food in Russia, I assume, because of of some of these impacts. And I mean, it just reminds me again of like I see a lot of talk on Twitter and like we always talk about that. And like even though we get frustrated with the Biden administration, sometimes like they're a little bit more reactive than proactive and all that stuff. It's just like, yeah, one fucking like if Trump pissed off the wrong country or did some invasion that was not popular and we got swift taken away from America, mm, like Jesus. that would be all of us right now, you know? So it's like, it, it does go, it does remind me of like, yeah, elections are important or like democracy is important to withhold, you know, to uphold in that way. I mean, that is a very mm-hmm. American way of thinking, you know, like how does this affect me or whatever? But it's, yeah, like I'm just seeing all these people and it's just like, it just really sucks, you know, and, you know, hopefully it is this miscalculation and it'll be over, you know, soon. But it just doesn't seem like Putin is Putin's ego is so big that it's just he's not going to just take the L like quickly. You know, yeah, it's I want right. to come. I want to spend a little bit more on the oligarchs. But before that, since we're, we're on it, I mean, Sammy, you, you got to this a little bit. But what does the next week look like? What does the next month look like? What are Putin's end games? I mean, like, I am not an expert. It really depends. It, from what I'm reading, they their army is incompetent. 
Apparently yeah. there is. This, Do you th- like, is that a surprise to the world or is, was that expected? Did, did I, I'm wondering like, is this a huge tell? Like, oh shit, this army we've been scared of that he's been deploying 100%. is not even, okay. 100% a huge tell because not only culturally do Russians have, I think, very little interest in invading Ukraine. It would sort of be like us invading Montreal, I I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, maybe. I don't know if that's a correct analogy. No, I, I, just, I mean, again, on the daily, there was a Ukraine. He was like, I don't want to kill Russians. Like, Right. I don't think there's like many Russians... That's the whole Putin's whole argument is that Kharkiv is of, a super Russian friendly city, apparently, like in right. terms of population. That is his that's his rationale for this whole thing is that Ru- Ukraine should be part of Russia. So then why would you then kill the people in it? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's again, nothing he says really matters. I think they're probably going to go as hard as they can. They have this like 40 mile convoy arriving in Kiev soon apparently who knows if that will make it so i think there's going to just continue to be russian aggression and my guess is that the the diplomatic and economic problems will mount Mm -hmm. maybe putin will act out in some way i don't it's look it's these these things are not possible to predict and i'm definitely Mm. not the most in the know either what if his mom gives him a cuddle I think better would be like a cuddle from an oligarch with that, you know, powdery shit that he tried to kill Navalny with. Involved. That <laughs> oh would be. Oh my God. My yeah. Fa- and listen, I don't normally give a shit about men's heights. I think we talked about short men before, but I did not know Putin's 5'7 because he has definitely been hiding that and wearing lifts. Like, yeah. that man is concealing his height. Putin is quite trump-like he's very vain oh my god but zelensky yeah. short king although I, I saw a tweet yesterday a lot of tweets yesterday that were like let's not be weird about zelensky can we please not be weird people are starting to get weird about zelensky yeah people but you know what yeah. i think listen like i think that the horniness threat. yeah oh well the horniness <laughs> from quarantine i think went over and i think people are just thirsting for remember when people were thirsting yes. for those um european politicians that were like showing themselves oh yeah like, yes. up their uh, their shirt just a little bit to yeah. show themselves getting the this vaccine is, yeah. this is different so, but i, I mean, think this is yeah. different i think this is different because i think there's something really appealing about watching oh, for this sure. guy rise to the moment in a way that we never see who have, who was the last person who who kind of acted this way okay so sammy is horny for Zelensky. <laughs> <laughs> no like i'm i'm not i'm not but like <laughs> you're so not, the not rep- okay the representation i'm really of a moved jewish, by of him and what is comedian you know, of a yeah, jewish comedian jewish. i mean the it's it's pretty incredible representation well, i can't uh, think of uh, yeah i don't think larry no, david yeah. could pull this off larry no. davis um, would be running the other way I, I totally get what you're saying because he's staying there. He's with the people like not even. Yeah. Like not even a non-comedian, like no president. They all leave so quickly. They all leave Ted Cruz like, leaves yeah. Trump store. hid in a bunker because of the BLM protests. A peaceful like, protest. <laughs> like, a peaceful like Gen protest. Z people with their faces painted. And he was like, I better, I better Go hide. in the bunker. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, Yeah. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. 
Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So now I want to pivot to the oligarchs. Another thing I think people are learning about this week is Russian oligarchs and who they are. But Poot, I think one policy change everyone's been missing out, just so you missing know. out, missing out. I think the oligarchs are finally getting canceled. <laughs> took, <laughs> took long enough. <laughs> I think one policy change or reorientation that does have a lot of popularity, I believe, is the further sanctioning and alienation of Russian oligarchs. So Putin has friendly billionaires all over the world, many of whom he helps make and keep billionaires and they help him. A lot of them don't even live in Russia. They and their families live in posh quarters around the globe. There are probably no um, you know, Russian oligarch sons in this 40-mile convoy or who aren't allowed to leave Russia. Mm. And it's like, you compare that to like, we have a lot of shitty politicians in the United States, but like, you know, it, it does give me a sense of, I do like knowing when we have, when we have presidents that know what it's like to have like kids actually serve. It's like, and then you compare that to Putin and his friends, just not even having a personal connection to this. But mm-hmm. anyway, amid potential increased sanctions, some of Russia's wealthiest are moving their super yachts potentially with the hope that they can avoid them having seized. Apparently there are like some sort of enforcement going through the oceans looking for these Russian assets. Someone also hacked a maritime tracking system to make it look like Putin's $73 million yacht had uh, descended into hell, which was really funny until I realized like, mm-hmm. oh shit, you can hack that stuff. That doesn't seem funny. But some oligarchs are starting to speak out against the bloodshed. So how can- Think of the rich. Think of the rich. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> continue. Yeah, I mean, questionable if they really are opposed to the bloodshed or they see that as now in their PR uh, interest. But what is what does Putin lose if he loses oligarchs? The oligarchs, so Russia is a kleptocracy. And basically that's like a formalized mafia state. Just imagine that, you know, that is what it is. Um, and Putin needs them because he, they prop him up. They're business people. Mm. They are they have there's a lot of crossover between military intelligence and and you know the russian economy no one gets rich in russia unless unless putin okays it and you can't just refuse to sell something to the government if they ask for it you know it's it's basically like he he grants them money and they're able to have these what like wildly just extravagant lifestyles and they don't even have to live in Russia like Amanda said like they get to live globally so they don't have to really subject themselves to the fact that like Moscow isn't this 
you know, hip international city because they can live in London and they can live in Miami. London is actually sort of nicknamed London grad because of all of the 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 Russian oligarchs who live there and who mm. invest so much money there. Um, and I think the world didn't really crack down on this because they don't think it was affecting them. There's a lot of, you know, overlap in terms of we are invested in Russian oil. And then also they're buying up real estate everywhere in America too and in Europe. So basically Putin props them up and they prop him up because he could not rule. If they turn on him, he's out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why so what, I think they're so interesting to to think about their role here, because I actually mm -hmm. I think it's really to get Putin out before he can inflict extreme damage. You basically need an internal intelligence coup to happen mm. or it's you have a Gaddafi situation where the people overthrow him. But you probably need a little bit of both, honestly. Um, yeah, good balance. He won't let anyone near him. Mm -hmm. So, are they taking away? Like, so you're saying that Russian people have apartments, like oligarchs? Are they taking them away or free? Like, yeah, it's like what is because what, what, what does it practically what does it practically mean to sanction an individual? Okay, I yeah, think that, that, like, that's. Yes, I mean, I don't know exactly what access everyone has to what at the moment, but mm -hmm. the goal right. is okay. Imagine that you just imagine for a second you are extremely wealthy. And, no problem. And like you make all your money in Russia and your like rubles or whatever, but then you launder it into into like you know, metropolitan cities and you buy real estate. And you yeah. so you don't want to live in Moscow. Moscow doesn't have yeah. good schools for your kids to go to and it doesn't have, mm -hmm. you know, the same, you know, cachet mm -hmm. as like living mm -hmm. on Madison Avenue or whatever. So mm -hmm. you have your whole life as an international, like, jet setter. So mm -hmm. when you're sanctioned by all these other countries, you can't do that anymore. So your whole life is sort of taken away. And, like, you can't pay your kids tuition or maybe they won't let your kids be in school. And your homes outside of Russia are taken away. And your jets to go places are taken away. And your yachts to go mm. places are taken away. So you have to live in, like, your Russia – your Russia – home on your russian means and your mm -hmm. and also there's like a pariah element to it where people won't who you do business with won't want to do business with you or yeah if you can't mm -hmm. access your offshore money you probably are hindered in a lot of ways look none of them are living on the street don't is this sort of like that. if bill gates but, was like part of a kleptocracy like part of running our government and then another country sanctioned him like no not quite no, because the just him being part of the government, he's just to make it a kleptocracy. Guy. It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's the the existence of like Putin. And he's selling philanthropy he's, secrets to the government. There's no like normal government, you know. Like there's mm. no there's no um. I mean, there's a fake normal government, but Putin's the only one with any real power, and that power is granted by the people who agreed to follow him, or else they would die. So, right, yeah. And that was not yeah. a that was not like a what that didn't just happen one day. He consolidated yeah. that power over the past like three decades, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean their main interest in supporting Putin is the privileges they get. So if we cut off their mm -hmm. access to those privileges, the idea is they no longer support Putin, right? 
Yes. Because why yeah. would you support him if you can't do – what's the point of living life for these people? If they right. Have to- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think they even, I mean, I think it even comes down to things like, I'm not sure if it was the opera or the Philharmonic or maybe neither, but they pulled a conductor or something from, from a performance. Cause they were like, he's an oligarch yeah. and he's connected to oligarchs. So. Oh, it's not even, yeah. I think that one, I, I read an article and it was like, that guy like publicly supported Got it. Cause everyone's okay. like, Oh, we don't, <laughs> we don't want to yeah. cancel just any Russian, you know, right. but yeah. that guy specifically like did all this campaigning for Putin in like, yes, Russians like are not being sanctioned and punished to be clear no right right, right, because i think i mean they are because of putin's actions as we discussed at the top some of the externalities but like but they don't have yachts regular russians don't have yachts yeah get taken away like it's yeah i think yeah Mm -hmm. no there is some misinformation online of like people are trying to expel russian international students from all universities or whatever and it's just like if they are the child of an oligarch who's tuition yeah. is being paid well yeah and it's like is it that kid's fault no but then blame no. your dad for being a russian yeah. oligarch there's also no women i read this morning sammy i i didn't fact check this but there are apparently zero lady oligarchs in russia <laughs> oh I'm, why would they no way they would they're definitely not they're like old school there's no i don't think there are any lady oligarchs happy I women's mean, history month yeah yeah where are the girl bosses in russia they need a what is it <laughs> Kathy Holchel yeah uh, they all russia. get like excommunicated it's true there is there the glass ceiling in russia right. is very very low it's very dangerous you could be <laughs> the wife of an oligarch but you're you know mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. the wives of the oligarchs who like they're not only socializing with each other it's also embarrassing like oh you can't yeah. go to your club anymore you mm-hmm. can't you know, do what you yeah. do. So yeah. it's, it's yeah, I mean, exactly. Of- that's their whole life. It's their whole identity. So they're not just going to be like, oh, that's fine. I'll just live in my one house. They're going to be furious. Right. Yeah. They don't want to so we'll live see. in Russia. Why would they want to? That's mm-hmm. uh, Putin didn't turn Russia into tur- didn't turn Moscow into like Miami 2.0. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be right. The weather, but you could at least try for like, you could do a lot of for sure. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't. He it's and that's or a Berlin. side effect of his right. Kiev could be the next Berlin for all we know. Well, mark it down here. We call it. It's in the EU now, right? No, they just doing, applied. I mean, um, Ukraine. They're they expediting. Just they apply and they're doing like an expedited admissions process. And we might have a uh, more information on that later in the week. Mm, okay, but that was early admission. That was very helpful. Yeah. Very informative. Thank you for explaining that to me. Yes, glad you were here with us today. The oligarchs are. are a- Really, they're fascinating. They really are fascinating. How did they start? Because like the Soviet Union fell and basically all some some dudes were like, okay, you can have this oil thing. You can have that one. And then they were able to make money off of that for decades. That was like how it first happened. Yeah. And Mm. then into then Yeltsin was ruling and he was really weak, but they were really strong. And then in 2000, Putin took over and he kind of like put down the iron fist, so to speak. And he got and he kind of just over the next few, he basically struck a deal with some of them. Like, I'll let you oligarch if you let me. Yes. Got it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and then and then over time, he's he further consolidated that by basically taking away the teeth of any other potential Mm. threat to his power, whether that was like the military, law enforcement, intelligence. Mm other oligarchs who weren't submitting to him. So he has, there's really not, 
a lot of opportunity, you know, within the government for someone to to take over. Mm-hmm. And Navalny's in jail, and I don't know if the the oligarchs are going to be like welcoming him. <laughs> so yeah, it would be kind of awkward. <laughs> Right. Well, he, yeah. I mean, who who knows? He could say like, "I'll let you keep X Y Z stuff." You know, mm-hmm. who knows? You tried to kill me, but you can have one yacht. Well, they didn't really try to kill him. They, I don't think. I, I think some apparently have been that, sanctioned like explicitly with their connection to that. But I'm not. I'm not sure specifically what. Right, connection but that was. doesn't mean that they like care Ooh. about Navalny. Like personally. Yeah. I think think what's unique about the situation is that, yes, there are Russian nationalists who agree with Putin's like obsession with expanding back. Yeah, but there are people who agree with Trump. But then then there are a lot of people people who literally, and I would say the vast majority of them, don't care. They just want to live their lifestyles. Which mm-hmm. is why you be, you know what? That's the perks of being an oligarch, getting the mansion in London. So they wanna, they don't. I don't think they care about Ukraine, you know, as no, much no, as, no, as yeah, no one no. does as much as Putin. Yeah. Well, let's hope that he. I don't know. Like take away their yachts. In, <laughs> real, like they 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 yell at him before he kills too many people. <laughs> yeah, Putin. Yeah. Vlad, they're taking my yacht. <laughs> I also posted um, a story from an article from New York Magazine on my story right before this podcast uh, that explains a lot about the oligarchs. So, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I think I posted that one too. That one's good. I think it's fine to pay well, but if you don't read New York Mag, then you can definitely, definitely watch it. Just like open an incognito tab or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or do it in Safari. (laughs) Or support independent media like betches. And pay. (laughs) We don't make you pay. We don't make anyone pay for anything unless you want to buy our sassy t-shirts, but we're not going to be promoting those for a little bit. (laughs) Love the fuck the patriarchy. We do Um, have an amazing t-shirt that we launched today, Women's History Month, that says fuck the patriarchy and also stickers are coming back which i know is very exciting i have to show you these stickers sammy it is some good things are happening we get stickers to put on our emotional support water bottles and we will be back with hopefully another emotional support podcast on thursday until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman i'm sammy sage i'm millie tamaras and this is the betcha podcast bye the betcha sub podcast is produced by amanda duberman jorge morales pico and sean kilby editing by jorge morales pico social media by amanda duberman be sure to follow at betches underscore sup on instagram twitter and tiktok and send us your emails to suppod at betches.com betches